In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we open, ask you to open our hearts to receive your graces, to receive your word, to be, to be converted more deeply into to your love, Lord, and to continue to enter into this Lenten season to bear fruit in this time of repentance. Amen. All right, guys. How's your first week of Lent? Was good? Who ran the show of hands? Who had the first week of Lent that was easy? Any takers? All right. Who had a challenging first week of Lent? All right. If you had an easy first week of Lent, you're doing Lent wrong. Okay. <laughs> it should be challenging, right? It shouldn't be that easy. It should be a little bit difficult to, like, get up earlier to come to Mass or to fast or whatever it is that you're, you're doing through Lent. It should be a time of... It really should be a challenging time for your own hearts, especially in the, in the senses of, of prayer, of fasting, and of almsgiving, these three that we were harping on last week and for the entirety of Lent. But it also should be a time of kind of discomfort in our souls, because we should be converting. We should be, there should be a sense of conversion throughout the time, this time of Lent. Right? It shouldn't just be prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. I do these disciplines, and I achieve these disciplines, but there's no interior change. It should be a conversion that comes from it. Part of that comes from the repentance of our sins. Now, when we talk about sin in the church, we have to be very clear what sin is and why sin is a thing. Because the temptation is to think that like everything is a sin, or the, the church is always about guilt and making us feel guilty, all these things. But the reality is, like, Jesus himself talks about sin. Sin is a thing. We do wrong. We fall short of the kingdom of God. fall short of what we should be doing for each other. And therefore, we call those things sins. Right. So because we fall into these sins, we should know what they are so as to repent from them and live, and live in freedom. So for my prayer this week, I was praying with just the idea. The first part of the gospel is beware of false prophets. Right? Wolves in, sheep, in sheep's clothing. Right? Wolves in sheep clothing. So oftentimes we hear that and we think to ourselves, we think of all oh, those individuals who are false or individuals who are false prophets. And there are. There are those problems, individuals in, in, in the world. But for me, really, it was about sin. Because sin really is a false prophet. Sin is this thing that enters into, the, into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls. And we say, this thing is very beautiful. It's going to make me feel good. But it's a wolf. Because it really is ravenous. It really destroys our souls. It can destroy societies, really. But really focus on our own souls and how, that, how it can hurt our souls. Now... In the tradition of the church and the tradition of Christianity, there are seven deadly sins. Do we know them? Pop quiz. All right. Seven, let's go through them. So it's pride, anger, greed, envy, sloth, lust, and gluttony. And what are these things? What is pride? Pride is thinking yourself better than somebody else. Anger, just being, being very hostile to the others or seeking an, an unbalanced sense of revenge. Greed, it was an excess material, desiring excess in material things. Envy is resenting the other things, the other talents of others. Sloth, which is basically laziness. Lust, which is an over-sexualization of everything in the world, really. And gluttony, which is overeating, over-drinking, over-indulging in pleasures like video games and television, all these things. Now, think about that. All these things are really vices that we can enter very easily into our world. And then think about it, it's very interesting. For pride, or anger, or greed, or envy, or sloth, or lust, or gluttony, all of us struggle with more than one than others. It's the nature of life. I think, personally, if I may be vulnerable for a second here, I think I've confessed the sin of anger, like, twice in my entire life. Maybe three times. 
Mostly because I'm too lazy to be angry with people. It takes too much work. I don't want to like have to be angry with somebody. Somebody cuts me off and I got to be mad at them. I got to chase them down and flip them off. Like that's a lot of work. Just go. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. So I just don't do anything. So that's my temptation. So therefore I have to be diligent. So as to fight against my temptation, the personal temptation of, of sloth or whatever laziness. So how do we do that? So if you're a prideful person, you think very highly of yourself, we have to fight against that. That can be a very deep sin in our hearts. So we don't just like sit there and say, well, that's just who I am. No, we fight against it. How? By the contrary, virtue. We fight against it. So if pride is our sin that we struggle with, we come at it with humility. To think less of ourselves. To think to recognize that this is an important thing. This is why prayer is so important in humility. To recognize that the, my very existence, every breath I take, is a gift of God. You might be talented, you might be rich, you might be good-looking, I don't know. All of that's a gift from God, because you wouldn't exist without God. And humility helps to fight against, against pride. And if you're naturally an angry person, right, nobody wants to be described as an angry person. It's not a, a pleasant thing to be described as. If you're constantly being cut off, or like things happen at work, or in the world, or in your family, and you're like, I have to get back at them, and I'm really upset, and anger is like your sin in your heart, we fight against that. With meekness, with patience, with mercy. Right? This is the part of the, of the virtues we fight against that. If greed is your thing, the excess nature of material things, if, you know, as a random example in the Calvin community, you're obsessed with purses, the dumbest thing in the world to be obsessed with, but it's a thing, right? Or nice things in general, right? Not that nice things themselves are sins. By any means, they're not. It's the obsession with them. It's overly desiring them, which is what greed is. We fight against that with generosity. Giving of our time, our talents, and our treasures to other things, to other people, to the poor, to the church, to God, to whomever. For generosity is the virtue that fights against greed. And then envy. If you look at other people, this person's smarter than me, this person's better looking than me, this person has this, and I want that. It's not fair that they have this. We have to fight against that with the virtue, not in a small sense, but in a beautiful sense, the virtue of kindness. Where you see somebody else achieving a good thing, and you can sincerely be happy for them because they have achieved it. And we can be okay with that and fight against envy. If you're more naturally lazy and fall into slothfulness, then you have to be diligent. Perfect example. Who here, very few people like doing homework. Very few people like washing dishes. These aren't fun things to do. But we have to be diligent. Right? So you can tell your children, you don't want to be slothful. It can be quasi-sinful. If you choose comforts, to choose to watch TV or sleep in, instead of doing the housework or paying the bills and doing your homework, all these things that are virtues in life. The world is obsessed with lust. Right? Think of how overly sexualized the entire world is. It's insane. Truly, 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 it's insane. How do we fight against that? With true purity and true chastity. I was talking to a guy, married man, children. He was saying, he was a very virtuous man, man of great virtue. He was saying, Father, my desire of my heart is to not lust, is to look at my wife as my wife, not an object, and every other woman out there as my sister. This is the desire of his heart. How beautiful is that? Right? If we can transform our lustful minds 
into thinking of every other person out there. Every other person out there is my brother, is my sister. Whether physically, whether on a screen, whether behind a computer screen, whatever it is, they are your sister. And they need to be loved and prayed for as such and protected for our own purity and for them. So to fight against that with the desire of purity. Gluttony, overeating, overindulging, temperance, moderation. That's why we do these fasts throughout the season of Lent. So all these things, the pride, the anger, the greed, the envy, the sloth, the lust, the gluttony. These are the sinfulness that can really deeply enter into our hearts if we're not careful. And no one wants to be described as this. No one wants to describe themselves as a lustful person or a lazy person or an angry person. These aren't virtues. They're vices against the Christian life. Now really when I was praying with the readings, I was really struck with this part of the, of the Romans, of Romans 6. And my heart was just drawn to it all week. I was just praying with it, praying with it, praying with it. But St. Paul says, he says, but thanks be to God, after being converted in, in Jesus Christ, thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin, think about that word, slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, you have become slaves of righteousness. This is the Christian goal. So if you have a slave to sin, and this one extreme over here, I have to be prideful. I'm the best person in the world. I have to be slothful. All that matters is my comforts. I have to be greedy because I want more things, more things, more things. It's one extreme. The other extreme, slaves of righteousness. Think what a slave is. Slave is somebody who has to do what they're told, no matter what. So for slaves of righteousness, and you see a pretty girl, you, ought to, you have to think of her as your sister. If you're a slave of righteousness, and you think highly of your you see somebody who's achieved something, you automatically are happy for them, instead of envious of them. Two slaves of sinfulness and of righteousness. The majority of us live somewhere over here, right in the middle, okay? We're all on the journey. We're desiring to be better. We're desiring to fight against these sins so as to live as virtuous, righteous men and women who love God. This is the goal of our hearts. And Lent should be part of that. So as you continue throughout your Lent, as you continue throughout your prayer, your fasting, your almsgiving, also think about these sins. Go home and Google it. The seven deadly sins. They're very popular. And then the seven contrary virtues. I didn't make this up. This is part of the Christian tradition of how we fight against sin. Because really the goal of the Christian life, the goal of Lent and this repentance, is to become a slave for God. To be a slave to always do the right thing. A slave to always do the right thing before man. And a slave to always do the right thing before God. Amen.